Spags, it's Monday. I already have one BBM3 draft under my belt, and I'm ready for another one. Pete, I didn't even do any shows today, and I've got two BBM drafts under my belt, and I'm ready to tack one more on because Best Ball Mania has swept the nation. It's going to sweep us one more time here as we draft a team live on the show. Will Drew Locke be included? You'll find out. We also got to talk about Jarvis Landry going to the Saints, and we're going to look at the NFL Week 1 odds, see if there's any early value now that the Lions and the schedule have settled in. So, Pete, let's hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how was the weekend? Uh, the weekend was good. What did I do this weekend? Well, I actually uh, met up with friends on uh, Saturday night, played my first uh, round of golf uh, this year. So that was uh, fun to knock the rust off. And uh, yeah, so it was a good weekend. Golf, the one place you want to be minus EV, am I right, Pete? How so? Because you want to like get under, you want to get under. <laughs> but expected value has nothing to do with big. Well, par is the expected value. You're getting negative. Expected no, value. don't don't bastardize and ruin the term expected value. I'm literally working out a video with Dubner right now to clear the air on what expected value means, and you're setting us back. It's funny because actually this was like a big debate at uh, my day job. Uh, of course, uh, v- well, I technically got a promotion this recently, Pete. We don't talk about it on the show yet because I haven't formally accepted. I want to make sure to hold everybody up for every last dollar I can get. Uh, but besides that, one, <laughs> one of my pet theories was expected value being like a mainstream concept within the next two years or so. And since that time period, like me pushing this a lot of conversations internally, ESPN started putting in an article's expected value. There are sites out there that calculate a win probability of, of a bet against other things to determine an expected value. So I think right now, Pete, you are actually hitting expected value just before it starts to go to the moon, like many of your, your favorite <laughs> NFTs have. Yeah, no, those NFTs have not gone to the moon. Um, but yeah, it is interesting because I think, I mean, there's, and one of the things I do in the video is just it use very, very simple examples to illustrate expected value. But the reason it's so important for BBM three is the way the tournament structure works. And the fact that there are these four essentially separate tournaments, weeks one through 14, week 15, week 16, week 17 are all their own tournament. And with all the prize money going to the top five spots for the week 17 finishers, it puts the expected value calc at such an insane degree tilted toward week 17 that you really have to be almost solely thinking about week 17 to ultimately realize that EV. And obviously there's smarter and dumber ways to do that, which is what I'm going to describe. But yeah, it's, it doesn't, it's hard for people to wrap their heads around because it almost feels like you're drafting reckless or you're sacrificing advancing to the playoffs in hopes of having a really good week 17 team, but your EV uh, for getting out of first round is $20 and uh, the buy-in to the tournament is $25. So like if you're playing just to get out of the, tournament um your ev is so incredibly low and uh, i'll definitely be exploring that more in the future here yes yeah, so keep an eye out there on pete's deposit kingdom channel pete's doing great work putting out some short form videos i enjoyed the fantasy guru pete video on there doing some character work which we always love to see on this show of course make sure to check out splash play as well right now mondays and fridays then moving the week before memorial day weekend moving to mondays and thursdays and one other item which i'm just going to tease out now we're not going to formally announce it on the show but you may want to subscribe to the splash play youtube channel as well because we're going to do some spin-off business, Pete. We're going to do some extensions of the brand to help get that channel to 1,000 subs. That is the goal. 
soul over there as we are marching along. And shockingly, Pete, I'm sure you've observed getting quality views on your channel now, which makes me feel like I finally have been accepted by the Deposit Kingdom overall. Yeah, you know, the um, the subscribers to this channel, they have, you know, a trial period with people I bring on this show. Some people endear themselves to my audience quicker than others. You were a tough sell. You're like the, um, you know, the, the girl who brings the uh, bad boy boyfriend back to her parents for Thanksgiving and everyone's just a little skeptical, but then he just keeps coming back, coming back and they're like, fine, he has a heart of gold. I think that's kind of the trajectory that Pete Overs at YouTube subs have had with you, Chris. Thank you. You know what? I will take that. That's about as close as we get to a compliment on this show. So frankly, I got to accept it where I can get it. We also will accept your likes right now. Of course, subscribe to Peach channel, subscribe to the Deposit Kingdom channel, and go subscribe to that Splash Play channel now because, again, uh, we are dead serious here. There's going to be some interesting stuff here, some extra content coming, uh, perhaps mostly for me, uh, to get things going on that channel. So please go check it out at, uh, at Splash Play, I think. Uh, YouTube, it's Splash Play Pod, I think. Whatever. Just search Splash Play. You'll get there. And go follow at Splash Play Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. We are putting out content on there and also on footballoutsiders.com. Actually, uh, Pete, the Derrick Henry article that I referenced on Football Outsiders the other day, uh, one of the highest viewed offseason articles they've had over there. And I think uh, the gospel of getting to uh, getting away from Derrick Henry seems like something that might actually be a narrative thing we talk about a lot this summer. It's certainly seeing the best ball drafts. Yeah, it's interesting because I know um, in the ETR ranks, they still have Derrick Henry uh, pretty high up. I think he's one of those classic things of he's going to project very well just because of the volume. I mean, even Deontay Foreman, who was looking pretty good, is out of town there. We have your love, uh, the rookie, Hassan Haskins. We have Dontrell Hilliard, but not a lot there, and they clearly are going to reorient their offense around the run game even more so than they have. So he's going to project very well, but then he enters into that territory of, I believe what they call systemic risk with the Titans offense and just wondering with this new version of their offense, um, do they eventually go to Malik Willis? You know, what kind of, you know, tumult could this team experience and uh, an older back who's kind of a front running back, you know, how does that go when the Titans are down 15 a lot of games and knowing Derrick Henry doesn't traditionally catch a lot of passes? So he's an interesting risk reward proposition at this point of his career and with kind of the arc of the Titans right now. Yeah, if that ADP drops, I'm willing to take him, I think. But right now, taking him in the five hole, the six hole, like some people are willing to do, um, I think probably not the move. A lot of risk profile attached to that. And that's something we talk about a lot in the show is that ultimately these games are all, you know, especially best ball where you have you know, 17 weeks to get through of actual competition. And then um, we in an 18 week season, you are just going to see these guys sometimes have a lot of outcomes that can run poorly. One of them for the Titans is them going into rebuild mode. This offense maybe going away from Derrick Henry, giving Haskins some more touches, Hilliard some more touches. Uh, some of the other guys they have in that RB room some more touches. This maybe trying to preserve Derrick Henry to get to where he needs to be for down the stretch. Um, there's a lot of ways it can run bad for him. So I think the risk profile, probably not a great one. And check out the Football Outsiders article from Mike Tanier if you want to see more about the data there. In particular, the uh, broken missed tackle rate that comes from Sports Info Solutions. That was a pretty interesting take about why uh, just a lot of guys out there, including Derrick Henry, including Ezekiel Elliott, that might not be long for the world at running back this year. Some NFL news, Pete. We've got Jarvis Landry on the thumbnail. He's signed with the Saints. I saw some interesting takes out there. I know Mike Clay over at ESPN was breaking down the the target shares or expected target shares for all those guys. And it's kind of hard to imagine Michael Thomas and also Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry and Alvin Kamara getting the workloads there. It was in the fantasy life newsletter redesigned for your eyes as well on there. So go subscribe to that too. But interesting take here from Mike Clay. And it does spell out something that I had a fear with Olave. And now with Jarvis Landry, high target guy who also gets occasionally some handoffs or at least did last year. feels like there's a real risk profile for doubling up too much on any of these saints. 
Yeah, I mean, in his point too, it was funny because he had a follow-up tweet. Uh, apparently, and I'll, I'll pull this up here too because I guess this is the beauty of uh, NFL fandom Twitter is that they take any comment, even if it is like team outlook agnostic, as some kind of veiled attack. He says Saints fans viewing this as a negative is something else. I mean, if anything, this is a positive for for the team overall. It's like, oh yeah, you guys are actually retooled and have a lot of weapons. Um, that should make the offense better. And everyone's like, how dare you say that there's a lot of mouths to feed and that somehow might hurt us. But yeah, I do think it's interesting. And, you know, there. that said, like, this is almost the rosiest outlook for every one of these players, right? Where we still don't know what version of Michael Thomas we get. Um, Chris Olave, four-year senior, we don't know how he is going to translate, uh, or four-year player in college, how he's going to translate. Rookies have a wide range. Jarvis Landry getting older. Troutman has never been anything special. So, I mean, I... I think there's definitely room for one or two of these guys to emerge as the focal point. And at least they have options now. Um, and this feels like one of those classic examples too, where everyone's like either all of the saints players are overvalued or Jameis Winston is massively undervalued. And it's like, well, not necessarily because maybe just one or two of these guys hit in a big way and the others remain pretty ancillary pieces. One name not on that list, Pete, Taysom Hill, who's now a tight end. I feel like you got to give him a good 15% based on how the saints have used him whenever we didn't want him used in the past. I cannot wait for the meltdown. Uh, you know, it's going to be like week six of the DFS season and Siege or someone is going to have played, you know, Taysom Hill at tight end and Jameis is going to get hurt. And Taysom Hill is going to come in and play three quarter quarters at quarterback and someone will win a million dollars on that and everyone will lose their minds. I can't wait. Also, uh, I don't think we need to make this an official conversation point, but Drew Brees getting kicked off of football night in America, um, teasing that he might come back to play. Do you, this doesn't happen, right? He was pretty washed by the end of that stretch. Yeah, he had his, uh, I can pull up his tweet here that uh, Drew Brees, he he had fun uh, writing this one here. He says, despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids, or all of the above. I'll let you know. Do you think Drew Brees wrote this himself? That's more personality that he showed in 18 weeks of TV that he was the driest of dry on there. And this is like not a witty tweet, like certainly needs to abide more by the rule of threes, Pete, that we try to look for in comedy. But, but like it's it's witty, like it's a you know a timely reply. So no chance he wrote that. I bet that went through five different filters. Yeah, I was gonna say tweet bot for iOS. Uh, yeah, this this was this was someone on his team being like, Drew, I have an idea for you to not appear as a robot for once, uh, and it involves the word pickleball. Also, Gerard Evans, kudos to him, PFF Gerard over there, uh, a yeah. quality reply guy with James Photoshop. This is, this is a pretty good Photoshop right there. <laughs> it's too good of a Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's alarming. You remember the uh, the viral video of the little boy who um, like stole the car? He was like 12 and he's like, oh, I yeah. like to do hood rat shit with my friends. That's what like the vibe I get from this one. <laughs> Yeah, Jameis there looking as natural as he could possibly be. Other news I'm that Pete wanted to touch on. So I, I'm thinking I got the right quote, but you wanted to talk about the Byron Leftwich quote, right? For the Bucks backfield. Oh, sure. I didn't. There were a couple interesting things going on. There was the that quote that was from the athletic article, but then there was also uh Rashad White sliding into a guy's DMs, taking oh, umbrage, having been <laughs> compared to Ronald Jones. Yeah, I'll pull that up on the screen. So I don't know who this guy, Aaron shit looks like he's a fantasy writer. Um, but he got a DM that says, 
this what I'm a I'm a say my boy sent me you comparing me to Ronald Jones don't ever dis- disrespect me 100 me and Ronald Jones are in two different categories and he is him and I'm me better check the stats no other back out disc class lead his college team I'm rushing in rushing and receiving like bro don't let me get started just stop disrespecting me thanks pal prayers up Wow, Ronald Jones needs to reply to this immediately. Can we get a mixtape from Ronald Jones to dispel the rumor? The, the insult. Pat Coray needs to jump into Rashad White's DMs down to defend his boy. Yeah, no, he definitely does. I know Pat, uh, maybe Pat will make his official statement on ship chasing uh, this week, how he's handling this. Uh, but it is, it's like, I like both of those guys, like Rashad White and Ronald Jones right now at ADP. Uh, I really like both of them as picks, so I hate to see them fighting. It's also interesting, Chad here from uh, who is pulling it up. Uh, Bullock saying he's like Kevin Durant without the burner. I this is a question I would have for you, Pete. Like, do you respect Rashad White just going out there, maybe just searching his name, Twitter searching out there, and replying to guys? Because part of me thinks like, yeah, if you're a troll out there, just fucking with dudes, like you kind of deserve to get clapped back time and time again. But I do feel like overall, like it's it's beneath you, and that's sort of where it, it does feel kind of like punching down. Yeah, I I think, you know, Denny Carter has the infamous tweet about how the players uh, generally um, positionally tweet like their tweet styles. And normally this is kind of like a more of a wide receiver level of pettiness, you know, like we've seen from from Michael Thomas, the the vague cryptic tweets, although maybe this is a new era of kind of aggro tweets. The chat wants me to show the follow up here. Um, So I think this guy, Aaron. Uh, replied back saying, Hey, no, I was just hyping you up. And he says, Oh, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I understand you have to do a job just like me. I just take offense at being compared to guys that I think or believe don't take the game as serious as I do. Like I said, this is what I do. I love football to the death of me. It's my life, but thank you, my man. Sorry for coming at you like that. Double prayers up. I like him even more after that. And I think <laughs> he must be hearing something in that Bucks room about what Rojo is doing. That is not the most favorable. That actually is a really good point, right? Where it's almost like you don't just come in and randomly have this fiery of a take against Ronald Jones. He's been hearing from the running backs coach. This is what Ronald Jones did wrong. This is what we need you to do. I Yeah, I like that take. Yeah, the interesting little exchange there. And kudos to Rashad White for backing down. I guess cooler heads prevailed there. Uh, we got to hit these NFL week line, one lines, but uh, let's do it right now. So all the NFL schedule obviously came out last week. Week one lines had a weekend to sharpen up after coming out uh, with that schedule release on Thursday night. So uh, there might have been some market opportunities out there, Pete, but I think it's more interesting to look at just kind of what is settled in over the weekend. And I'm just going to go game by game, and we can do this real fast here to speed round through. But if you have any thoughts on some of these week one lines as we go through, we got Buffalo at the Rams, Buffalo one point dog here 52 point over under in that game anything jump out for you um no no i bet give me the bills there give me the bills yeah i think the bills there i also think certainly a game that's going to be uh interesting showdown game for that opening night but i feel like the over wouldn't shock me if that over trickled up a little bit more between now and when the season starts indianapolis minus eight at houston with a 44 point over under uh feels egregious for that one pete it's at minus 7.5 on the screen i didn't share uh where i picked my numbers from in advance with pete that's my bad but the colts gigantic favorite on the road feels like a really big indoctrination of the texans or maybe a big cosign on the matt ryan colts yeah, division opener. We got the uh, Davis Mills taking the second year leap theory. I don't know. Um, I, I think give me Texans with the points right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I also got uh, we got Saints here. I'll just read the screen. Saints minus three and a half at the Falcons, Pete. I um, mean, that one does look like it actually is going to be uh, where's New Orleans. No, I should have stuck with my original approach. But any, any thoughts for that one, Pete? Saints and the Falcons, a, a match with the NFC South to kick off the season. No, no thoughts. I'm boycott, boycotting this one. I don't want to have a sweat in this game. 
Also, it's a 42-point over-under. That's where yeah. I was looking for Because remember, that was pretty egregious. USFL tier over-under in that one. I might be inclined to take the over. Browns minus 3.5 at the Panthers, Pete. Uh, any thoughts on that line for a lovely game? I'm sure 43.5 point over-under. Yeah, I mean, who's who's the quarterback? Who's quarterbacking the Browns? I mean, the, the rumor on Twitter now is that there's paths to Baker Mayfield potentially still being the week one starter if things head this way. Um, I'll, I'll take the Panthers at home uh, with the three and a half points. Niners at Bears. Niners six and a half point favorites on the road. That is a game with a 42 point over under. I feel like that gives a little bit of a dousing to some of the stacks I got today. Bears stacks and Niners stacks. And I feel like with a, a low over under like that one, maybe not a high expectation for either offense. Yeah, um, this was six and a half point favorites for, you know, Trey Lance uh, here on the road, presumably. God, I hope. Um, yeah, give me. I mean, if we're if we're getting a home team with six and a half points against Trey Lance, uh, who I have high hopes for, but this is a tough spot for him. Give me the Bears. Jacksonville getting four points at Washington, 44 point over under. I feel like that's one that I wouldn't mind having a little bit of action on taking the over. Just feel like two teams that could certainly have a little more offense going their way with the changes they made. But any thoughts at all for Jags commanders, Pito? Marquee matchup in week one. I'm also going to boycott this game. We can't be bothered with it. Uh, Eagles at Detroit. Uh, Eagles are four point favorites. They're going into Detroit, 46 and a half point over under in this one. I think low key potential for a shootout here. We're obviously going to talk week one DFS a lot more in the weeks and months to come, Pete. But I think already that one kind of screams maybe an interesting fantasy game in a way that people won't appreciate. Which one, Chiefs Cardinals? Uh, Eagles and Lions. Oh, Eagles Lions. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, I mean, I'm just excited to see uh, AJ Brown in an Eagles uniform. And this is also going to be our first indication of, are the Eagles going to play a little faster? Are they going to pass the ball a bit more now that AJ Brown is there? And uh, the Lions, another team that we're expecting to kind of take an offensive leap this year with all the weaponry they've surrounded golf with. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. Uh, Steelers, Bengals, uh, DK is here showing it as a six point line. I got it at six and a half, uh, but it does look like a game with a 44 and a half point over under, which to me feels Pete, like a pretty negative cosign on the Pittsburgh offense, what they're going to put out there. This feels like one that uh, Cincinnati just carrying most of the weight for that over under. Uh, yeah, these Steelers and Bengals games, I feel like historically are, are pretty gross. Kenny Pickett's first start, um, Bengals. Yeah, th this looks, this line looks about right. I'd probably take the Bengals to cover here. Uh, Patriots and Dolphins are showing us the Dolphins minus two and a half. Interesting there for Miami. A lot of coat sign on what they're doing so far. Uh, the over-under in this game looks like it's a 45-point over-under. I think like this is another game, Pete, that people might sleep on because of the historical defensive archetypes of both teams. But a 45-point over-under, two teams that have really reshaped their both their coaching staffs and also their player rosters. I feel like this game could also be a sneaky one for fantasy, too. Yeah, and this is another one, like you said. Um, you know, the Dolphins just, you know, one of the bigger... I think you'd say bigger kind of makeovers to to this team. Uh, getting Tyreek Hill here, they've basically redone their entire running back room. And the Patriots, again, similar to the Eagles, are they going to let Mac Jones throw a little bit more in year two? I'm excited to see that. We also got the Ravens minus four at the Jets in a spot that uh, the Jets expected to make some strides. 45 point over into this one. And I think this actually could be a more interesting game, Pete. I don't mind taking the Jets cover here. I'm reluctant to take any bet at this time of year, even though that could represent some closing line value. But I feel like overall, like this is a real proving ground to start the season for the Jets. And I'm intrigued by this one ending up with a spot where Zach Wilson actually shows that he's worth what you know they've built around now this entire offseason with him. Yeah, this is a this is a fun one too. Uh, Jets, another team that looks completely different, and uh, the Ravens uh, kind of as well. Um, man, this one I feel like 
this is one of those where it's like the Ravens might just be so good that even if the Jets are going to take a leap this year, that this might just be a really bad spot for them. Uh, so this will be an interesting one to see how if people overreact potentially. Chiefs minus three at Arizona. This one's got a 53 point over under. So that looks like a, a well-targeted fantasy game as you might expect. Also one Pete where I feel like this could be the thing that everybody flocks towards for that week one chalk and it ends up being a disappointing spot. And I don't know. I just, that's kind of the vibe that I get here, but uh, certainly a really a marquee matchup with Mahomes and Murray, assuming that nothing weird happens in the off season with Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. Chiefs Cardinals. I think that one um, chiefs uh, you know, the fact that we're what we're in the dome there in Arizona Cardinals, maybe the car, we just need the Cardinals to look like they did at the beginning of last season where they were letting Kyler Murray run uh, like crazy. And he probably will have to without Hopkins on the field. Rondell Moore catching 12 balls underneath with an A dot of 1.4. I can't wait. I also think, too, this is one I wouldn't mind taking the Cardinals to win out, right? It feels like that game the Cardinals have early on the season before they inevitably shit the bed as the season goes on. So if you want to place one bet, I think that actually might be the most interesting money line bet to me right now. Uh, the Giants getting six and a half points at the Titans. Uh, d- seems like a pretty ugly matchup on paper, Pete. 44 point over under with two teams that I think we're going to have to learn a lot about really in that week one. Yeah, I think I'm clackety clack. I'm, I'm taking the Giants here. Maybe I'm just too down uh on the titans but uh I'll, I'll take six and a half points i feel like these are two organizations heading in slightly different directions you know titans are kind of you know lukewarm one foot in one fit out heading toward the rebuild and the giants have kind of retooled and i'm excited to see dable and uh and this new offense Raiders at Chargers. Chargers getting four points at home or being given, excuse me, giving up four points at home in this spot. 51 and a half point over under in this game. And I think, Pete, this one is, I, we talked about my theory and I think that you shared with me as well. AFC West being the shootout division this year. I feel like this game right now, I would take the over. And I think this could be one of the most exciting games of the week. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to have, um, I don't know, top three offense in the league this year. I'm very excited to watch them. Raiders with Devontae Adams, up-tempo game to kick us off here in the warm weather. Love it. Uh, Packers minus one and a half at the Vikings. You could see on the screen there. Uh, That one to me, I think, actually, where's the over-under? Oh, 49 point over-under this one. One of those games that I feel like people might sleep on, but probably one where you got to assume an Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, maybe a Christian Watson breakout game. I think there's a lot of ways for that game to be one of the more exciting ones as well. Yeah, or this could also just be one of these where these two teams who are going to want to run the ball a ton, uh, you know, get off to a, a pretty slow start and we just get, you know, 60 combined rush attempts between these two. Bucks minus two at Dallas. I think you're seeing a minus two and a half on the screen right now. 51 and a half point over under feels like a, a classic Sunday night football shootout to me, Pete. I like that spot and seems like a honestly a much better game than the Monday night game, which uh, we're going to have to close out here. Yeah, um, I. uh yeah, the Bucks Cowboys will be the uh the big game there on Sunday night. Uh yeah, that that one I, this would be my bet for the most points scored in week 1 this game. Um so the Broncos minus 4 at Seattle. Uh do you know the over under in this one, Pete? I'm going to guess the over under is 41, 41 and a half. Okay. Yeah. So that's not looking great for Drew Locke and the boys, but you know what? That's how the best underdog stories start, Pete. It starts with people not thinking this team is going to show up. And here they are. Everybody talking about Russell Wilson revenge. Nope. It's in fact, Drew Locke revenge on Monday night football. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're just not going to acknowledge. I, I can't wait, uh, for, uh, Drew Locke, not even winning the starting quarterback job out of Seattle camp. You know, it's within the realm of possibilities. <laughs> it's- 
it is within the realm of possibilities that it would be the most hurtful thing that could occur to me in the Seahawks this offseason. But it is time now, Pete. We're going to do a best ball draft. Of course, best ball mania kicking off over an underdog. $10 million in prizes up for grabs. Big prizes up top for the regular season winner as well as that first place winner. And you can draft along with us using the promo code SPLASH over an underdog. They will double your deposit up to $100 so you can draft alongside there. You can see my account, Pete, soaring upwards because of all the big wins and positive expected value I've gained over the weekend. Yeah, how did that happen? Or were you playing in some of the weekend tournaments, or are you just you just had to top it off? <laughs> Deposit is topping it off, topping it off. I think I'm now 41 entries in, so about a third of the way there almost. That's what that's what you should do, Spags. You should you should have a content challenge where it's like I am going to use my pick'em winnings uh, on underdog through the NBA. You're an NBA thought leader. Get your pick'em winnings to support your BBMM addiction. That is a fair point. I have been out of the NBA street. So this was the time last year that I did in fact have my big uh, 50K, then a couple 20K wins down the stretch. So I, I'm i really best at May NBA. The issue is now, I, I think the the season time, it just doesn't line up the best for, for having a newborn, Pete. It hurts me a lot. All right. So we've drawn the 105. Um, a few notes about this draft. I remember demo from our draft on Friday. He drafted the uh, very ideological zero RB team. We got uh, my guy, Michael Dubner, in here ready to uh, log this in his spreadsheet tracker for us. And then two guys who were in my drafts this morning, Debo and uh, Romdo here, Romdo. So um, a lot of, a lot of familiar faces. Wait, which one is Dubner? Uh, M1 Dubner. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was one of the first. Okay. Yeah. Dubner, we got to give a shout out to as well, Pete, because I know you've been doing a lot of data work with him and maybe we can talk more about some of that stuff that you've researched with him, but um, definitely a lot of interesting stuff going on. Rotoviz with strategy. I've, I've of course extolled the virtues of Drico in the past. Uh, Sean Siegel, Colm Kelly, I know doing some interesting streams as well. Uh, and we got a pick on the clock and we will get one of our receivers. So I guess it's Jamar Chase time, huh? Yeah. Why are you acting sad about getting, the I just get so much Jamar Chase. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. We should all it's be not so a bad lucky. thing. I mean, this, I would say that this is pretty, a pretty settled top five. Like this, this is my top five here. I mean, do you have anyone else different? You can order these how you want, but to me, there's a tear break after that. I would agree. I think to me, you know, I, I'm usually going Taylor in the 101 just because I think you only get so many opportunities to get him. Uh, and I also have more than enough Naheem Hines to justify it as we've talked about in these streams. But that top five to me, like, I don't know what could possibly even happen to change that besides somebody getting injured. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we did have heading into this season, you know, if we didn't have Devonte Adams change teams, if Tyree Kill didn't change teams, I think, you know, those guys would have been in the mix as well. I think that tier break definitely happened with both those guys getting a downgrade in quarterback. So, um, God, I'm fighting the bots, uh, here heavily today. <laughs> yeah. Naked HD dot X, Y, Z. <laughs> even losers fuck girls with us is the spam chat here which honestly aggressive marketing but you can't you can't fault it i guess at least they know their audience <laughs> and demi pointing out in both uh demi drafting alongside us and in the youtube chat cd lamb going at the 106 yeah bold move and a strong commitment to zero rb yeah it's um man that that is crazy to me i keep seeing him going early earlier and earlier which is weird to me, just thinking through how things went last year, like CD Lamb got really steamed up last season. Like people were like going, Whoa, he's going at the back end of the second round. People were taking him at that two, three turn. And everyone's like, Whoa, 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 this is a little rich. Then on top of that, he has a pretty lackluster season. 
last year. And some of it was a bit inexcusable with a lot of the injuries and, and targets freeing up. And he didn't really have that monster season we were hoping to. And so I would have thought people would have been like a little bit more gun shy on him this year. And it's been almost the opposite that it must now be because Michael Gallup's uncertainty with, you know, Cedric Wilson out of town, who else left? I'm blanking on it. Uh, Amari Cooper, that people are just like CD lamb is going to be, you know, the alpha and one of the better offenses. I get the thesis, but, um, I'd almost rather think about it differently and load up on Schultz, load up on Gallup and not necessarily have to pay that price tag for him. Also getting Tolbert at like 150. Like I just yeah. I don't know that I trust Gallup coming back from the injury that you know easily. It's not an easy injury to come back from. I like CeeDee Lamb more than some people I know. We got um in the chat. I see it's Mookie saying I might have zero CD Lamb this year. He's going at the turn a lot. Like I'm getting a good amount of Debo and CD or one of the tight ends and CD. Like I have no issue with him. I, I just think he shouldn't be going like he's not even close to Jefferson or Chase or Cup in my mind. Yeah. He's not. And, you know, someone mentioned Lamb over Diggs. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely Diggs over Lamb. I'm Adams over Lamb. Mm. Um, Debo over Lamb. We're we're back here uh, on the clock. Um, so I get so I, much Tyreek Hill. I, I don't. I've took, do Kamara. Do I know took Kamara this morning, too. I, I would go Swift, I guess. I love Swift. Um, yeah. yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and I know that uh, there is a road of his article from Drico coming out that he was showing me some screenshots of uh, some of the data I think he worked on with uh, Michael Dooner, who's in this draft room. So I guess maybe we shouldn't use their strategy. I was talking about how the main thing, you know, if you are a believer in Hayden Winks and how he's been pushing some of the anchor RBs and superhero RBs, well-branded concepts by Hayden, if nothing else. Um, it's more about the second running back. And when you're taking that, I think was the, the results of that article that they did some research on. It's more like taking your second guy, you know, round six, round seven, round eight. So that's where I've been a little more comfortable this weekend, Pete, in addition to just not going full zero RB bro trying to get some different looks but um you went ham on running backs in a way that I was not expecting on best ball breakfast oh yeah I mean yeah so I had the 101 this morning so I did take JT and then we came back around it was um you know a deposit kingdom ship chasing-esque draft where you know sometimes I like the wide receivers at the two thirds three turns. Sometimes you can get an AJ Brown there, um, a Mike Evans, a T Higgins. Sometimes that was not the case in this draft. So I'm sitting here looking at Camara and Saquon. And to me, that lines up instead of like reaching for a Waddle or a DJ Moore, who I think are in a clear tier below those other wide receivers. That's where we can allow the draft to dictate our structure. And, uh, I like those running backs and you can tell yourself a story where all three of those could be top five backs. And in that scenario, I think the hyper-fragile structure can harness that. So uh, yeah, that's how I, I played into that one. Yeah, I would like to get a tight end at some point here. I feel like we're going to have to get one of Kittle and Waller if we're going to take one in the early rounds, or I guess we'll have to go a little bit uh, a little bit shittier tight end than I normally would like to go. But I don't love the way this board's breaking for us right now, honestly. I, I guess a unique build, but not one I'm loving so far. Yeah, I don't mind this build. Um, I would... <laughs> I mean, I think any of these uh, running backs are interesting to me at this point. Uh, Fournette, Barkley, or Connor. God, I guess Fournette we can take. I just hate that we're taking so much running back capital early, but I know we're going to take less later. Yeah, this is, you got it. You got to free yourself, Spags. It's <laughs> it's don't worry. We're not going to be comfortable with our running backs. It's either the quality or the quantity we're going to be uncomfortable with here. Um, let the draft come to you. 
It is worth reading now that quote from the article and the interview with Byron Leftwich real fast saying, uh, why it's tough to get Lenny off the field. He's a three down back. He's a smart guy and he and Tom can play ball. They've been in these situations. That's why it's hard to really get him off the field because of what he brings and the connection him and Tom have. I think it's unique. It's not that we're forcing him on the field. It's because he's the best in what we're asking him to do. I mean, that's a pretty big co-sign on Fournette. Like, I would prefer to have him as my my anchor RB instead of the number two RB we're taking. But, like, I, I think, you know, maybe a little bit of reason to have some pause for Rashad White, his, his DMs aside. Yeah, I mean, to me, the play with Rashad White, I mean, uh, as much as I like Rashad White, I'm not naive thinking he's going to beat out Leonard Fournette in camp for the bell cow. Like, the, the play with Rashad White is he's the – you know, the bull case, I think, is he steals a little pass work out of the start. So he's just like on the field, getting some snaps, getting comfortable, and then just massive, massive contingent value if Fournette gets hurt. Like to me, that's that's the play you're making um, with White. Yeah, I, I'm getting a lot of White. So I normally like I don't mind getting Fournette as I've talked about in the show. Like I do a lot of mental hedging where if they're just dudes, I know I'm getting a ton of. I'll take the alternative outcome of what that looks like for this season uh, whenever I can, basically. But I just like I just hate having Swift and Fournette here. Like we're going to get I don't know. Our wide receiver room is going to be much less quality than I would normally strive for. Spags, there are a lot of ways to skin a cat. I love that you've been radicalized by the church yeah. of zero RB. But, um, you know, this morning, too, I had three started with three running backs. I was, I ended up getting to, did I get to nine or 10? No, I got to 10, um, wide receivers. And I, I felt very cozy with, uh, my, my wide receiver firepower there. I don't know. I just feel like people in the chat pointing out too. uh, GA saying Pete never pisses yellow anymore. You're only pissing green apparently, which is just unhealthy. If you are pissing green, I'd recommend seeing a doctor immediately out there. Um, but for you, Pete, I just feel like to see you to watch best ball breakfast and to tune in and, and you're taking three running backs in the first five rounds. I just find it jarring based on everything that I have been taught personally by you. It's, it's all sample size bias. I guarantee we could go through my, uh, my drafts and I've done way more zero RB and anchor RB drafts than I have hyper fragile. I think I've done maybe three of my 14 BBM three drafts have been hyper fragile and two of them have been on stream. So that is, that is how it goes. So tell but, me, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say though, like I, we talked about this on previous streams, but it really is like you have these structures that are all part of the arsenal and you let where you pick and what the room is doing dictate which structure is optimal for you in that draft slot and in that draft. And it, I think you really get in trouble when you set out to do specific things um, without um, considering where you are. So I love this spot here for either Waller or, uh, or Kittle. I get so much of both guys that you can choose whichever of those two. And I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I, uh, we can do uh we can do Waller. I, so there was a draft I was doing I think yesterday where I had set up really clean uh, Niners and Jet stacks, including Kittle. That's what that's what's sparking this a little bit. Um, and somebody took Trey Lance and Zach Wilson in front of me with no correlation at all, and with seven running backs. And I could tell you, Pete, uh, I'm not normally getting worked up over things at this point in my life. I don't get mad over best ball drafts. This guy was so fucking illogical that it really upset me, and it felt like a personal attack. What uh, what, did you were you inferring that Zach Wilson went way ahead of ADP? Uh, he did in fact go ahead of ADP in that draft. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you said Lance and Zach Wilson. So I was like, was he taking these around the same spot? Because there's a pretty good big gap between those ADPs. No, he was taking them ahead of ADP, but not like unreasonably. So it was just, there was no reason to do it besides like, you just really like these guys and you're drafting terribly, but it was coach Jay something like, if you see this guy in your draft room, just know he's a real wild card. <laughs> I don't look, that would be a good bit. Fags is you put out like a best ball watch list and like notorious users and some of their like tendencies, like this guy fucking loves drafting five quarterbacks. If you think you can wait on a stack, you can't when Jay Fresh is in your draft room. <laughs> Honestly, I need to start screenshotting him more because I did screenshot the one guy that we talked about on Friday's show. A question from Steven here, which we might be able not to get to before our pick, but asking, Let's- can Pete say a little bit about what type of strategy he thinks benefits us in May draft? Should we target backups to try and recreate the brief Elysium of, De- of Darrell Henderson and Gus Edwards teams last year? Uh, how are you feeling about Steven's question? Yeah, let's uh, let's do our pick here okay. first. Um so just surveying the board, um, I think we could, pr- I don't think we need to take a quarterback uh, yeah. here. We definitely don't need to take a tight end. We're definitely good on running back. So, I mean, we're definitely in wide receiver territory here. Do you have a, a preferred guy? I, I would go, let's see. We don't have anybody crazily stacked up yet. Um I mean, I, I like Cortland Sutton in general. I like Allen Robinson where you're not getting Cooper Cup. So either of those I have not things. taken any Allen Robinson yet. Can we get a share here? Yeah, I took him today for that reason because I was like, I'm not getting enough Allen Robinson. And I feel like if you don't get Cup early, like it does make sense to take Robinson, especially if you're trying to get that uh, that Chargers-Rams Week 17 matchup in your in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, he's like someone I guess I'm just neutral or indifferent on, which sometimes in these early drafts, meaning you're never selecting them. Uh, but I definitely want some exposure to to Allen Robinson. I think I think there's lots of ways he pays off this ADP. Like if he gives you what Odell Beckham was giving you in that offense down the stretch, like that's going to pay off. And then you mm-hmm. also have pretty big contingent upside if if something were to happen to Cooper Cup. You know, then he could really turn into the alpha in this offense as well. So I think you definitely want to have some shares of Allen Robinson. Plus they have that juicy week 17 game against the Chargers as well. Um, But back to Steven's thing, I guess he's kind of posing the question on things that you would do differently earlier in the offseason versus later in the offseason. I mean, the biggest difference, right, is just the information we have. We're going to have so much more information as we get closer to the season. We're going to have a better feel for these depth charts. Players will have already gotten injured. We're just going to have way more that we know that gives us kind of confidence. So I think if anything, it makes me want to rely on structure even more. Um, just knowing there's going to be a lot of chaos. And I do think your, um, your example of taking shots on these ambiguous backfields, um, is a great way to do it. And one of the reasons why even zero RB super early in the off season it makes a ton of sense because you can hit on a back who you took in the 15th round, like Darrell Henderson last year, that all of a sudden becomes a fourth or fifth round pick just because of one injury. And you can go through a wide receiver and there's no wide receiver that goes in the 14th, 15th round that you snap their finger and they become a fourth round pick because of one torn ACL. But that happens all the time at the running back position. So yeah, I think um, not, you know, shying away from those backs where you're like, well, I don't see the path to Khalil Herbert, you know, being fantasy relevant with David Montgomery. And it's like, well, true, but what happens if David Montgomery gets hurt? All of a sudden, Khalil Herbert is is likely their bell cow back. So uh, I think that's a good way to think about it. Also, Dubner here with a really clean zero RB build. He's not going to get Mahomes for that that KC stack, it looks like. But uh, just, you know, that's, that's a man who studies the data and what he's doing on the screen right in front of you if you are watching the stream live. Yeah, so we got, um, uh, yeah, the uh, three, what? No, two Chiefs, 
um, a Bengals, Dolphins, and Chargers there, and then getting that that Higgins Burrow stack. Yeah, that looks pretty nice. Yeah, no week seventeen correlation, which is I think the one thing I would have expected from for Doomer to bring to the table here, but but sometimes it doesn't break that way, and you can't force it sometimes. All right, Spags. Um, I'm looking here through our stuff. Um, what are you feeling? I don't mind Traylon Burks. I don't mind Drake London. I have more than enough Elijah Moore, so I can always take him, but those would be mine. Okay, I'm going to put Drake London and Traylon Burks here. I'm just checking the schedule. Um, we don't have a single uh, stack with these guys in the playoffs, so um, we can just take London. Okay, that works. Yeah, who they're playing? Uh, who's Atlanta play week seventeen? I always forget that one. Atlanta plays the Cardinals. Oh, okay. that's actually a pretty decent game. Like, could be a pretty nice yeah. little total depending on how that works. Yes. Um. Yeah. This is. It's been interesting. I've been scanning. Um. For our week seventeen stacks to see if there's been any good tiebreakers or anything obvious, but we have not landed in a pocket of the draft that's kind of uh, allowed that. I was gonna maybe float. Uh. Josh Jacobs there just as our, our bet oh. or, or e- Eli Mitchell, because the 49ers play the, um, the Raiders in week mm-hmm. 17. So that would have been a little mini correlation. Um, but I didn't think we necessarily had to push it. If Eli Mitchell falls to us, uh, in these next uh, few picks though, I, I would say we then do, uh, a modified hyper fragile, um, with, with Eli Mitchell. What is the official qualification of the structure for a, a hyper fragile or a modified hyper fragile? Like, what would we say that, that three, like? three running backs early max four. And okay. so this, we would be pushing it. Um, normally when people do hyper fragile, you're getting your three early running backs, like before round five. So this would be pushing it. Um, but those are really the ways I think you can get really unique rosters. I, I do think we take Elijah Mitchell here, almost uh, 10 picks after ADP. All right. I'll accept that. He's another guy where it's like, I mean, Fournette and Mitchell might be some of my least selected players uh, in other drafts. Uh, We obviously get them both past ADP. I do like getting our little week 17 correlation with the 49ers and Waller. And this sets us up to just only draft one more running back um, later and we'll just be done at four. Yeah, I've also got a lot of configurations of the of the Raiders Niners game week seventeen, um, and not one with just two running backs. So I don't mind that correlation play there. And actually, it's a question I have for you, Pete. Like, what are you getting in terms of stacks so far that you've seen? Because I do think that Niners uh, Raiders one is going to be the most easy one to look at according to ADPs right now. But I also think, and also different configurations you can get. Like, if you don't get Adams, it's great. If you do get Adams, it's great. But uh, that one and Chicago Detroit, I feel like we're easy to kind of navigate around to get to. Uh, I think the former much more appealing. Of Niners Raiders, but what stacks have you been getting? Yeah, I agree with that one. I've done some Carolina Tampa Bay. Mm. I've found been able to get the hardest one for me to get has been Rams Chargers. Yes. Um, that one's so expensive, it's really hard um to pull off. Arizona Atlanta is definitely a little more doable um in that range. If you get like a Kyler Drake London in the five six range, that's uh that's doable. But yeah, right now the uh the Chargers and Rams are my white whale. I do think the Detroit Chicago one, just because you could get it for so cheap and like, it's certainly possible. They have one of those end of season, improving it for 2023 kind of games. And like, there's enough weapons there too. Like I do like Chicago Detroit, even though based on, you know, the over-unders, even for week one that we're seeing for both those teams, like it's, it's hard to imagine it, you know, I think on paper getting there in a big way, but it's, it's week 17. I feel like just getting any stacks at all I'm going to do. 
yeah, it's Mookie here lays out a blueprint. Uh, if you do want that stack, if you get cup, um, mm. early, then you grab Keenan coming back around and then you can add on Mike Williams and Allen Robinson, but you definitely have to pay a pretty penny. Um, I don't know if Mike, I mean, in this scenario, Mike Williams is falling to what the late fourth. Um, I don't know if he's been getting there lately. I mean, Mike Williams has been, where did he go in our draft here? Mike he Williams. Early, yeah. Mid four. early four. So yeah, that, that one's definitely tougher to pull off. Yeah. I, Dallas, Tennessee too. You know, one that people probably think you need the, the least of just based on, you know, I think Pete, you make a good case generally for why Tennessee you're just down on overall, but like that's a Thursday night game. And I feel like people hold that in less esteem. So that's one too, that I think he can stack up pretty easily and get some decent results maybe. Yeah. Um, so this pick here, um, I mean, do you want to take Stafford? Yeah, our, if, if he Allen goes, Robinson? yeah, if he goes sus, I would take Stafford. Yeah, I'm definitely on board with that, and I think you know that opens us up for a, a two QB build if we want, or we could you know punt. Um, so yeah, let's grab Stafford, and then, I mean, I still, I still like uh, Garrett Wilson in this range. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I'm I'm missing. Would you take the two, I guess this wouldn't be the, this particular case, but would you take the two QBs playing each other in week 17? Like, would you take a Stafford and a Herbert or a, a Lance or you know, what we hope a Lance yeah. and, and Carr? Yeah, I don't mind that. I just don't, I don't know if um, I would do that in this specific spot. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you, yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to taking, I guess what, we're going to be back up. I mean, I'd kind of like to see if Derek Carr would fall to us in the in the tenth. I guess would be wanting to yeah. like push it a little bit. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna have other backdoor stacks we can set up here. So to me, I think we're kind of looking at wide receiver um, for this pick. Michael Dubner saying Drew Locke's still on the board. I've, I've said this time and time again. If I'm not getting one in Metcalf or Lockett, I'm just I'm just not going to take Locke. And and Friday, Pete, we are having our Drew Locke clip off. So I think if any if anything, I'm not going to take Drew Locke until that Friday show where we both get to show our Drew Locke highlight reels slash sales pitches advertorials. I'm, I'm taking some creative liberties with mine. So is this just you? This uh, this content plays that you don't have the patience for us to draft Drew Locke and play the clips organically. That you're just trying to sh force this one through. I just think we need to do a clip off here and then we don't need to necessarily draft him. I just think we should do you know, a little show and tell. I honestly wouldn't mind if other people submitted their drew lock highlight reels. I don't know that we have enough time to build up to for a Friday show for that, but I think it'd be fun to just have a drew lock clip off. You might get your feelings hurt. If you ask the people to make their drew lock highlight clips. Should, actually. So here's the question. Should we maybe, Hey, yeah, we're on the clock to our pick. Um, oof. So, to me, I I'd be down for like Gallup or or MVS. Uh, so we do have a since he plays tennis or Buffalo, um, mm. in week seventeen. I don't know why. I just I thought I got confused yeah, for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah I would take Lazard. Uh, I don't want Lazard. Gallup or MVS. Gallup. I, I just I don't love the Gallup ADP in general, just because like I don't have the faith that he's going to be healthy. Like I, I said it earlier, but like, I just want to cement that it just feels early for a guy that there's like a really big question mark about, but two points on that one. Um, we're drafting as if we're right. And in the scenarios where Michael Gallup is healthy, you know, he is, you know, the number two and maybe even like the one B in a really good offense. And on top of that, the health is less of a concern in this format. 
Um, we're, we're playing for Michael Gallup to be a hammer weeks 15 through 17. So I guess I don't ha- quite have those concerns um, from this tournament perspective. All right. So here's my pitch. I think we do a Drew Lock clip off next Thursday. So the last show before is it it's next Thursday? Yeah. Next Thursday is the last show before Memorial Day before we switch to the uh Memorial Day schedule, rather. Um, so like then we can give away a hundred bucks. Like we both chip in 50, we give the winner gets a hundred bucks. But you and I are also submitting our Drew Lock highlight reels as part of this competition. Okay, I'm down. And max, max one minute. Matt, no, I no, even that's too long. Max a good 30? highlight, a, a good highlight clip. It even Drew Lock sucks. Jokes aside, we you need it to be snippy. The problem is um, a lot of fat in these highlight clips. Um, even even the gorgeous, the the end all be all of highlight clips. The Lavisca clip is I think like thirty one seconds. We need need to sub thirty at least. Okay, so 30 seconds max. All right, so it's officially on the board, and you're in to chip in 50 bucks, right? Yes. Okay. It's a tax write-off. <laughs> so about Pete last minute, but next Thursday then. So we'll, we'll punt it one more week. Pete and I will do our own versions of a Drew Lock highlight reel slash clip, 30 seconds max for everyone here, and then bring your best Drew Lock highlight reel, mockumentary, uh, whatever you want to do with that 30 seconds, play with the studio space. But um, And then we could figure out, uh, I guess you could email it to at uh, splashplaypod at gmail.com. Um, that's one way to do it or DM it to us or get it on the deposit kingdom discord, find a way to get it to us. But, um, but we'll, we'll do that. That seems like a good way to close this out. So winner, winner, chicken dinner, uh, did take Derek Carr from us to get his Devonte Adams stack. Um, right. I'm, I just want to flag this for underdog QA here. I mean, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I mean, is there a limit on the number of characters in these names? This is messing up the formatting on the site. I mean, this is absurd. I mean, this is super fragilistic expialidocious territory. I mean, we don't need this. It does feel like it should wrap the text at a certain point. Like if like that's long enough, you're just being greedy with the space you're taking up on my screen. There you go. We are pounding the table for wrap text on underdog designers. <laughs> Gamby, are you listening? And also like, especially for somebody like me who can't size a screen appropriately, like I'd be fucked if that were on there. It'd probably be just take up the entire page. Let's just be honest. You'd be fucked regardless of what, what it's like this man can't well, i can't wait how are you going to stream drafts well, on uh on well, Splash don't, play don't by spoil what we're doing but let's uh, do i mean um i get a lot of jameson williams uh you could talk me in so melvin gordon as our fourth running back wouldn't be crazy because of actually i, no, I, we, I think yeah. we wait a little bit on yeah, yeah. i yeah. think to me it's watson is clearly in a tier of his own or jameson williams pick uh jameson I just, we're not going to get anybody yet with Watson at all, like stack wise. Yeah, you would. You'd be able to get uh, Najoku, DPJ. Yeah. I also, for a second, thought we took Kelsey. That's why I got confused and thought we should t- maybe take a, a Denver running back for uh, that week 17 matchup, but that's that's my bad. I think it earlier um, drafts. Too many drafts. No, it's fine. And I do think this puts uh, Goff firmly on our radar as our QB2 with uh, Swift and Jameson. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, how am I going to stream things in the future? I think I'm going to get my own StreamYard account again, and then I'll try I'm to... I'm telling you, Spags, it has nothing to do with the StreamYard account. I think it's because, no, because when I do it on this show, I'm doing it as the guest. You can't. I don't think it's the same as a guest. You don't get the same resize ability. Well, let's test it out, Spags, because I've yeah, I mean... been, ge- been a guest... And I can adjust the browser window when I'm a, when I'm a guest. Oh man, if that if that is the case, I'm gonna, it's really gonna fuck with me. 
<laughs> you can adjust the browser window, just not to the same extent is my hope. Question mark. I just, I would love, I, but this is what I need specs. I need to film. I need you to film yourself. Like I need an over the shoulder watching what you do. I need like, yeah. Or a team viewer. I need something because you're, you're fucking something up in a very simple way. I don't like, I, I don't know what it possibly could be after the last time we tried it on a show, but yeah, Josh was saying we should run a test. We should do a pick and then let's do that first. This is, I hate this draft. Um, Why? Just the way it's breaking. Um, let's see here. I think we could definitely go tight end. Like, do you want to, you want to just continue on our, uh, bucks? Yeah, bet? we could take Gronk. I would, I'd accept that. I also, I get so much of Tyreek and so much Waddle because I'm getting so much Tyreek that you could have talked to me in a Gaseki there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we can be done, uh, at tight end with these two. Oh, pecan pecan saying I have no idea either specs. I tried doing it too. Perhaps are you you're on a PC or you're on a desktop, right, Pete? Yes, but I've done it. I can pull up and do this stream from my laptop right now and do the same thing. I mean they're just I don't know. Maybe I was just born. I was just born with the gift of StreamYard, and some people just it's it's a preternatural talent. I don't know. <laughs> Look, so I guess that must be it. I just don't have the the DNA in me to get the screen where it needs to go. I think it's a it's either a computer <laughs> issue or it's a not main. Why my mood's not down? <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily. This feels like our usual dynamic. You saying yeah. things and me being upset with you. That's that's the dynamic. I mean, LeBron James has had a long off season. And he's just looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, that's the issue too, Pete. Is like I don't know if I should save the streamyard thing until actually doing a draft stream by myself with no safety thing, or should I do a short form video of me trying to like what's what's the best content approach, Content King? The best content approach is us having as part of this show trying to troubleshoot. I go full Geek Squad on your streamyard problems, and I charge you one hundred ninety nine dollars an hour for IT consulting. I mean, maybe we'll do that before. Like, all the cat's out of the bag now. I'm gonna do some streams on the best on the of best ball traps on the Splash Play channel in June. Uh, so maybe we'll do that then as part of our. We'll have a True Lock highlight reel show. We'll have a Spag stream test. We could do. We could really bake in a lot of things before Memorial Day weekend. Um, hang on. Who's who's short? Who's short? Gamer TV is this one of our class? Oh, there you are, Short Gamer TV. This is. I'm telling you, Specs. Every single time, I have never seen Short Gamer TV. Comment on my videos, be in the chat. But the second they're in a draft with us, they weasel up to the top of the, the soil and they emerge ready to comment about the draft. And LeBron James was here. Yes, LeBron was <laughs> a here. A lot of people are in the chat. LeBron's generally a lurker. He, he kind of DMs me that he enjoys the show. He's like, Pete, you're the reason I'm going bald with all the money you're losing <laughs> me. <laughs> Please don't ever attempt uh, your LeBron James impersonation ever again. That wasn't a good LeBron at all. It was. <laughs> this is see Demi was a weasel, and then we brought him out. Uh, mm -hmm. Now he's a he's a beautiful butterfly who hatched out of his cocoon. Really mixing my animal animal metaphors today. Um, I wouldn't mind a Gooey Boonham as our second tight end. I'm just gonna put that out now. I also wouldn't mind Devontae no, Parker. No, already have a second tight end. Oh, that's right. We got yeah. Sorry, we took Gronk. I mean, Gronk might be retired, so we might actually need. Do you want to grab uh, Rojo as our fourth and final running back? It's a spite Leonard Fournette. I suppose we could. Yes. I mean, this is, this is beautiful. Rashad white right now, slamming down his keyboards. 
So just a uh, real talk though, on like an actual strategic point of like how I personally think through like the structural strategy. So I know when I do a hyper fragile, I want to generally get to four running backs, three of them early this morning. I used my thir- first three picks. So I waited all the way till my last pick. I took Keontae Ingram, your boy, because Eno mm-hmm. was gone as my fourth running back. That's a really thin fourth running back, but it's okay being really thin because I used my first three picks. This one, we kind of pushed it a little bit more with Swift, Fournette, Mitchell. So then I kind of like the idea of pushing up my fourth running back a bit more to kind of offset that like Mitchell and Fournette aren't as good of bets necessarily as, or let's just say Mitchell isn't as good of a bet as um, Barkley. And so then you kind of balance that. It's like Barkley and Keontae Ingram and then Eli Mitchell and Ronald Jones of kind of like thinking through how you've allocated your capital in those specific structural strategies. I will defend too. Like I, I think Pete, when I was a player profiler and saw that Keontae Ingram is big and Eno Benjamin is small, that that really cemented things for me that Keontae Ingram is just being slept on too much. If he's six foot and two twenty, like that's, it's a big, it's a big boy back. I talked to, I talked about it this morning. There, there are smart people on uh, both sides of the Eno Keontae Ingram divide uh, a debate that literally will only happen on uh best ball <laughs> Twitter at best ball streams. And uh, I'm happy having exposure to both. All right. Uh... Oh, we could take Van Jefferson a little bit ahead of yes. ADP if we wanted. Okay. I yeah, no, I think that's definitely the play. Um okay. I'm glad you uh I'm glad you mentioned that one. Um uh, let's see. Oh, people also wanted to see the Rojo clip. I feel like we need to say every show the stance on the clips. The clips are independent to each individual show. That's that's sort of the value of the clips. So you never know when you're gonna get one, Pete. <laughs> uh wow, LeBron James is pissed about the impersonation. <laughs> no, I there does have to be a little bit of, division of church and state with uh with some of these highlight like i'm glad that splash play is building out its own universe of highlight um players with drew lock you know maybe 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 the next evolution is i make an eno benjamin highlight tape and spags makes a keontae ingram one um but we, we have to carve out our own niche over here Yes, I think that was an important thing overall. Is that, you know, especially for me, you know, Pete and I are both content people. We care about the way this goes. Like everything has to make sense. Like we can't step on the randomizer. We can't step on ship chasing. We can't step on best ball breakfast. I have to do a best ball lunch instead. Like there's a whole thing we got to figure out ecosystem. You don't want to scream, stream concurrently against me? <laughs> you you and your, your fucking two inch wide uh, draft board? <laughs> well, it was more to support you. I'm not trying to compete against your streams, not for the audience, but for like, what? why divide and conquer, Pete? That's the Oh, short gamer is a Spags head. There we go. There As he you should go. Be. He used promo code Spags when he entered this channel. <laughs> Look, short gamer, I've always been a defender of both short men and gamers, and I support all parts of that. And we got a, a Texans Avi here, short gamer TV. I bet this guy's the world's biggest Brandon Cooks fan. Uh, I was I was trying to take Brandon Cooks today and got scooped because I got Etienne and I was like, oh, I get like a little week 17 mini correlation. And there we go. Yeah, it hurt. It does hurt. Uh, pathology asking, have I followed Natalie Newman yet? I don't even know who that is. That's how oh, far God. Mathology is lapping me. On no, my- this is the part of the show where Mathology gets all horned up and sends spags down some smut rabbit hole. Is this Drew Locke's significant other? Is that what I'm seeing? <sighs> spags. Every, I mean, Mathology, will you not throw my co-host on a horndog detour here? Oh, no. So, so here's a, a little insight into my world. I go to Natalie Newman's page, her her Instagram handle, Natalie N. Newman is the Instagram handle if you want to go along. And it turns out, Pete, she is, has 170,000 followers, is Drew Locke's significant other, and also rather busty. And she's followed by two guys who I similarly run into who follow similar handles. 
fairly busty and you have a cohort of Instagram bros that you guys all follow these accounts. Sometimes you just go to a profile and you see... <laughs> You should pull up Natalie and Newman's page after this. Just, I think we might sell some more Drew Lock stock. With no, I wanted Josh Palmer for our oh. Week Seventeen Chargers bring back. Gonna have to get Gerald Everett. I was gonna say we might have to turn this into a three tight end build. Mm -hmm. Um, what other wide receiver options do we have right now? <laughs> we could get Higby if you wanted. All right, tight end. Um. I don't mind Watkins. I don't mind Tolbert. Oh, you got Gallup already. How about um, Hamler? Hamler. Hamler's okay, buddy. All right. <laughs> the, Ram, the, Rams, the Rams play the Broncos in week uh, 16, so Hamler will get us there. That's that's the thesis. Uh, I don't think I could post a link in your chat, but copy-paste it for yourselves. There you go. Copy-paste what for yourselves? Everyone, everyone's sharing links. <laughs> Terrell Davis saying, put Busty Trapped in the title. Nez saying, who had quote-unquote Busty on their bingo cards. You got to find a classy way to talk about the stuff, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not pulling this up on stream. <laughs> I just looked at that. I'm not. This is this is just pure smut. <laughs> Mathology. You guys, you guys are married. Uh, Spags, you're a father. She's got a great handle. Uh, <laughs> a great Instagram handle. Gotta, I have ridiculous. to choose my words carefully because you're making me feel ashamed. Yeah, when we said uh, this is the new version of robust RB is not what <laughs> I uh, had hoped for. <laughs> Robusty RB. <laughs> Spags is preferred strategy. Spags and Mythology present Robusty RB. They'll pull up. This is your show. You and Mythology stream and get a new. You don't solely my good name on the Splash Play channel. You guys can stream it, and your bit is after drafting every player, you look up one of their busty uh, wives or girlfriends, and you guys all rub each other's meat and just get all lubed up. You're the one who went over the top there. I'm using classy word choices, and you're saying rub each other's meat and get all lubed up. Here I am trying to talk about EV and bending structural drafting strategies to win a tournament, and you guys just want to look at tits. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> anyway, Natalie and Newman, if you want to... <laughs> No, don't, why are you plugging her account? Like, you so reflexively start plugging shit. It's just ridiculous. I just want people to be able to follow along. <laughs> you, you, Natalie Newman, actually a great follow. You know, um, I actually would like to see her post more on her stories, but uh, her posts are total bangers. But I think it's also like, if Drew Locke is really good, we'll go like, well, that's why. And if Drew Locke is really bad, we'll be like, well, I guess that's why. He's just too distracted. Goodness. Um... <laughs> All right, we are back up here. Higby's just taunting us at this point. Um, Higby? Yeah, yeah but... you're right. Do you want to just rock it at triple? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you still get Everett later, but Higby makes the most sense probably. Well, we're not doing it yet. Yeah, we're not going to do four. We can. Yeah. I think we can do three with, with, uh, with Gronk. I don't... This isn't the best use of draft capital, but whatever. So on yeah. this, so we have... We have three more picks left. One is definitely going to be a QB and then two wide receivers. I think that's fine. So we'll be a two, four, nine, three build. Oh, Matt. See now, it's, I'm just getting ganged up on Matt saying, wait, just logged in. Did Spags figure out the draft board size? No, that's in fact, Pete producing once again on my account. Have no fear. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine in Spags's world? This is, let me show you. This is, 
This is what Spag. <laughs> hang on, I'm gonna show you what Spag's world wants. Um, hang on. You guys, will, I'm gonna give you guys a preview of what it's gonna look like when you guys tune in to Spags' solo streams. It's gonna be like this. So, um, yeah, we're on the clock here. And did you guys check out Natalie Newman here? <laughs> Oh, looks like we're back on the clock. Um, yeah, who do you like here? Hang on one sec. Did you guys see this one? Um, Spags, can you adjust the window? No, but that, can you see that there? There you go. Oh, yeah, we are 14 picks away. But real quick, just to check back in on Natalie Newman. Actually, this window's way too big. There we go. Just got to leave you guys wanting more. I just want you to be able to see a sliver. Natalie Newman. <laughs> I mean, honestly, for her, I think I would need to figure out the screen size. Otherwise, you're not. <laughs> you're, of course, Natalie would be the impetus for you actually figuring this out. I mean, look, she just you can't fit it all on screen. You don't want to. All like, <laughs> no, no. Roll the Natalie, dude. <laughs> God, if if there was ever like Spags is right now writing on his to do list, scratch the Drew Lock highlight. I mean, I thought we had. I thought you were past this. I thought this was all in your rearview mirror from your barstool days. Even when you were writing your smut posts on Osimo, I thought you were reformed, but you're <laughs> relapsing. I'll never forget the one, one of our earliest Osimo streams, which we got in trouble for. So, you know, okay, kudos to them. But we were like debating porn stars at one point, like on a live before lock show. And we're getting like the most views and engagement that's ever been on the channel at that stage. <laughs> it's like, you know, you just got to pander to the audience or cater to the audience really more than pander. But like, you know, gotta, you gotta, I got to know who's there. That porn bot knew. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, what a fun. Hey, if you're watching, by the way, subscribe to Peach channel, subscribe to the Splash Play channel. We're doing lots of great content on both and, uh, you know, different varieties here, different shows for everybody, family friendly streams, somewhere in between, you know, it's, I'd it's say fun. different strokes for different folks, but it seems like all the same strokes for you guys today. I think the chat's firmly on my side, if we're being honest. Oh, I know. And firmly <laughs> is the operative word. Um, we're going to take Jared Goff here. Okay. That works. Fun stream, fun stream. And this is one too, where the clips are going to be real selective about the clips. It's going to be one of us just talking about hyper fragile RB strategy. None of this will be making the clips. I could say that. Yeah, this is my thought, Matt. Um, Lone Spags may get insta banned from YouTube. Like, I'm the one, I have to reel Spags in. Just imagine this guy, him and Mathology <laughs> doing a two man stream. I mean, I think we have to admit, Mathology is lapping me in terms of the knowledge base here. Like, I know a handful. I know some here well, and there. Well, but... you know Mathology's initial bit from my showdown streams, right? No. He was the large advocate for double Ds, two defenses in the lineup. I never really figured out if he thought that was actually a structural edge or if he just likes saying double Ds as much <laughs> as possible after today. I think he doesn't give a shit about getting unique in roster construction. I think he just likes thinking about double D's. <laughs> double D is also a terrible showdown play. Like you want single, single one <laughs> kicker, one defense. That's I set those rules every time on fantasy cruncher. Um, guys, just everybody, everybody, what is wrong with you? Everybody go on, take a cold on. shower. <laughs> yeah. People getting bonked left and right. <laughs> Mathology summing it up. Well, it's plus EV. These are all plus EV approaches. Great. Um, so in a perfect world, Spags, we would find a Detroit or Chicago, or sorry, um, we would find a Chicago or Charger wide receiver for uh some bring back. You want to take a little any Velas Jones? I have taken some Pringle. Um, which one do you want? Let's take Velas. Why not? 
fine. Is that how you pronounce his name? I feel like I haven't heard anybody say it out loud, just make mean jokes on Twitter about his age. No, that sounds about right to me. Okay. Belis. <laughs> you got, I mean, the chat, the chat is just a wasteland, right? Now, normally you guys are smart, you're funny. And today Spags brought you down <laughs> to his level. You knew what you were doing, putting that screen up. You knew. You know, how dare you? You can't have it both ways, Pete. No, I was doing an impersonation of you. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. I was doing an impression of Kramer at the, at the comedy store. Is this is this your burner, Spags? I'd rather have Drew Locke over Goff. That is a take that is going to age very poorly. If I you will think book, I have a can fake we book, account that's want, paying you. Do you want to do $100 uh, Jared Goff versus Drew Locke? I know I'm pimping you into no, taking on this take. No, okay, I'm, I'm okay on that one. I don't, I don't need to that's, take every bet. That's the conviction. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> the chat, why are we interrupting this Natalie Newman stream with an underdog draft? It's a good point. People, people came for you know different purposes, Pete. Um. Yeah, and there a lot of people are going to leave for for one reason. <laughs> anyway, great build. I think we got. Um. Yeah. It Both is. us and Natalie Newman. Great builds. Specs, stop it. Just could tie it all together. Um, also, one thing that bothered me, Pete, um, you didn't know the steamed hams reference that somebody had, and in... no, the Simpsons. Yes, Simpsons Twitter came after me. Relax. <laughs> Did it really? Yes, I had multiple comments. Yeah, I was like, Pete, did I like? I didn't know that was one of your comedy gaps because you know it's possible well, like, people didn't watch The Simpsons. I guess my parents didn't let me watch The Simpsons, so I've I've had to piece together my Simpsons knowledge secondhand. Oh, they loved more conservative Christian comedy for old baby Pete, huh? <laughs> exactly. The Veggie Tales were more right up our alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Dude, this. Is... It's been a fun draft, guys. Make sure you follow at Splash Play Pod, follow at Peter Oversett, follow at Chris Spags. Of course, we are doing these drafts every Monday and Friday for now. Next week, going to Mondays and Thursdays, 2.30. And follow and subscribe to Splash Play uh, because we're going to be doing some streams on there that will perhaps get a little more ribald. I'm actually going to be on my best behavior because I just don't want Pete to get any sort of upper hand on me. <laughs> upper hand in what way? Just like leverage, you know, <laughs> blackmail. I don't know. Yeah, I have a feeling you're going to take care of that yourself. I could talk. I look on Osmo. I was so well behaved. I think people can, you know, uh, short guy TV, shorty gamer can, can vouch for me. I was doing great work on there. Very professional, very above board. Just, That's you what you should call stuff. your new stream. Short guy TV over there on the splash play. Short right. horn dog TV. I don't want to play into people thinking I'm I'm six one P. We've discussed this. We had our heights on the show and everything. I don't want to play into people thinking I'm short because I represent as short on camera. It's not what I want. That is I it is funny because I, I know that you're six one and I still I still identify you as a short king. That's unfair. I have not I because I have the I, charisma of a short man, which I you know, I get it. So just looking at uh stuff here, I don't know if we want to force the chargers thing unless you want to take Jalen Guyton. Um mm. The uh, we could take um we could take Khalil Shakur from Buffalo, a little Cincy week 17, bring back, I don't know, anything else jumping out to you here. I mean, in a dot 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 in a vacuum, I like Nico Collins. Yeah, I feel like Shakur, um, we didn't get any Vikings, so Romeo dubs doesn't make the most sense here. Um yeah, Shakira is fine. Shakira, Shakira. Don't sound so excited. Um 
we could also double up on Chicago and do both Pringle and Michael, D-List. Uh, yeah, Pringle or Shakir are fine by me. Um, let's do Pringle. Okay. I like Pringle. I just, you know, we made our bet on V-List, but I, I don't really be, believe in V-List in any way. So. All right. Our final roster here. It's a two, four, nine, three build Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, two men forever tied to the Los Angeles Rams franchise ships heading in opposite directions. We did a hyper fragile, uh, build much to, uh, Spags's chagrin as a radicalized zero RB bro. We took Deandre Swift, Leonard Fournette, Eli Mitchell, and Ronald Jones roll the clip. Suck it, Rashad White. At wide receiver, we took Jamar Chase, Allen Robinson, Drake London, Michael Gallup, Jamison Williams, Van Jefferson, KJ Hamler, Velas Jones, and Byron Pringle. And then we three-balled it, triple condomed at tight end, Darren Waller, Rob Gronkowski, Tyler Higby. Despite everything we've been through on this stream, despite all of the chat getting horned up like 13-year-old boys, <laughs> I like how this team turned out. Also, apparently we sniped Demi on all the Chicago wide receivers. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's what happens. You get distracted with Nicole Newman clips, and that's what's going to happen in your life. Do you want to look at my exposures before we jump off, or have you had enough for one day? Well, first, I need to name this team so oh, you don't run off to Mexico. Gee, I wonder what we're going to name this one. The Natalie Newman draft? <laughs> no? Aw. Hang on. <laughs> All right, so one more spike Scott Horney. <laughs> I think mythology got horny would be more appropriate, but <laughs> well, I think... you led the charge. I mean, you took his bait. He he perfectly. I feel like he times it too. Like it always comes at about the forty minute mark of the show where he asks you if you've checked out. What are these things? All right, let's do a little. Uh, okay, Trey Lance down to twenty percent top quarterback. Nice smoothed out exposures there. Drew Locke down to sixteen percent. That's growth. Uh, running back. Uh, this is a zero RB bro. True and true. Haven't seen much of a change here. Wide receiver. Okay, you are still pounding uh, the Tyree Kill button there. Elijah Moore, Metcalf, Osborne. Interesting up there to have Osborne at 20%. I didn't know that one. Surprise to me. <laughs> wow. The man loves his Osborne. And, and Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant, Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, Goddard. Uh, a radicalized elite tight end, bro. Uh, can't complain with these either. You've really smoothed out your exposures in a way that makes it harder for me to make fun of you. Thank you. I that was the goal, really, was to make this a fun bit where oh, Spags is incompetent, and then the the payoff is like, no, in fact, he won two million dollars that year. Trust, trust me. Everyone thinking you're incompetent will come when you try to do your own solo stream. Unfair, Pete, but I will follow you at Peter Rosette as well as following this show at Splash Play Pod, and I guess I'm already following myself at Chris Spags. So we got that going for us. Subscribe to the Peach Channel. Subscribe to the Splash Play Channel. Subscribe to the Deposit Kingdom Channel as well, so you can get some of the short form clips that Pete is painstakingly putting out for all of you guys. Get your Drew Glock clips going as well. Next Thursday at 2:30, we will be doing a Drew Glock competition where you can win $100 of mine and Pete's money. Though I do think Pete, if we win that competition, like if I make a really good Natalie Newman clip. I get our the $100, I think, is the way that goes. Um, there will be no Natalie Newman clips on this channel. This channel has integrity, and occasionally my mom tunes in. <laughs> Fair enough. So bring your PG-rated Drew Lock clips next Thursday and send it into us somehow of uh, social media, the Deposit Kingdom Discord, whatever you want to do. We'll get it to us somehow, splashplaypod at Gmail. Uh, if you need to know how to send the clip, you can reach out to us, and I will tell you. But we'll be back on Friday for our last – this is our last Friday stream for a little bit. 
Yeah, because then the following week is before yeah. Memorial Day. Yep. Yeah. So last Friday stream for a little bit before we move to a Monday, Thursday schedule for Splash Play. So come join us one last Friday go around before we go back to our little caves for summer Fridays all summer long. But go check out Pete's channel and uh, see what's going on. Pete, anything exciting you want to plug here? Uh, nope. I'll be back tomorrow for uh, Club Top Shot. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Is that show just you guys like, fuck, man. No, don't look at the portfolio this week. Just No, man, we just look at my Moonbird, the ultimate stable coin, holding extreme value during these tough trying times. That checks out. So go f- check that out on Peach Channel tomorrow. We'll see you guys on Friday at 2.30 Eastern. Come join us then. Enjoy your weeks. Bye.